0: Okay, welcome to Reactive. I am Khalil Leschelt, and I'm here with Henning Gladagotz. what's, hello, up?
1: Hello.
0: what's up? What's up? <laughs> Unfortunately, we, I don't have a, we don't have a, a Raquel today, because she is busy, busy, busy. Um, yeah. So we'll just have to find some um, wombat facts, maybe on the fly. And while I do that, what's oh. going on with you, Henning? In the world. Well, I was
1: just actually, while you made that intro, just jogged my memory about something I saw on Twitter today about this video you were in, which I found interesting. I was curious if you could give some background on oh. that.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so, the video I was in. So, there, so there, there's a, a group that's called Smash Hi-Fi, which consists out of two DJs that are producing the music and they... they, they um, made an album with multiple different vocalists. And uh and me and my wife we were on several tracks on that album and there was one mid- video that was made and we were also featured in that video. And yeah, and that's basically it. And we've we've been working <laughs> we've been working with them uh in since a couple of years. Uh, like we're they're friends of ours. So we've been mm-hmm. hanging out and then uh They said, "Hey, do you want to do some stuff on here?" and so they sent us sent us some beats, and uh yeah, some of the stuff we liked, and we did some stuff, especially my wife that I th- she, she did more than me on there and um and uh yeah, and so the album finally got released after they've been working on it for five years. Not because wow. not they were not working on it constantly five years. They only they they also have different deck they, they have their own careers, like they have their own separate mm-hmm. careers. So it's a side project. It was of. a side project, but it's has, has since the release now it has been released at the beginning of the year. Um the album's co- called Order, More Disorder and since that release, it, it has become more more um, serious. There's like booking requests, and there's a booking company in the UK that's kind of um, uh, working hard to 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 get bookings in for Smash Hi-Fi. and so we are going to be involved with this as well to do to to do the live shows a little bit. So that's going to wow. be interesting. The, the good Very thing is like they have their own like it really is like they are like the. The forces behind this, those two, Martin Herger and Leroy Thornhill, and they've been in the business for a long time, so they have a lot of connections. And this is a new project of theirs, and they can use their old connections to push this new thing. And so it, there is some steam behind it right now, even though it's just one, the first album and and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So. Very
1: cool. Yeah, I just I don't know why, but I just find this art. In, in this this way, fascinating and how this all comes together in the collaboration. so very, very cool. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, I mentioned earlier before the show I was tired. The reason I'm tired is because we went to Disney World and uh, we did that with three kids and we met up with a whole bunch of people. And the thing that sort of stuck with me, I hadn't been probably in two or three years now, is that they have modernized drastically and uh, I'll tell you in a second how this relates to what we this podcast. <laughs> but basically, to get in the park, if you are a season holder at least, you get this um you get this card and it has a, a QR code on it and then to you basically the first time you go in, you hold this card up to this of course, Mickey Mouse-themed uh, scanner. And then you also have to give your uh, index finger a thumbprint. So they do biometrics. So they match up your pass to your thumb or fingerprint, um, which is interesting and also kind of creepy. But So that was the first thing. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then the, the next thing that you can do is you can buy a band. So instead of having to drag this thing around in your wallet and use it for uh, various things, you can just use this band and and basically... Use that to gain entry into many parts of the park and get discounts on things. And uh, also do this thing called a fast pass. Do you know what a fast pass is? No. Okay, so the the lines in these parks are ridiculous to get on a ride. I mean, one of the most popular rides is Space Mountain. It's basically this this roller coaster in the complete darkness. And when we went there, it was a 125-minute wait. So... <laughs> It's like two hours to ride probably, what, like 60 seconds, maybe two minutes or something. Mm -hmm. So what they've come up with over the years is this thing called a fast pass. So you go there and you say, well, I don't want to stand in line and I don't necessarily need to ride right now. Give me a time where I can come back and pretty much get on the ride immediately. So that's what's called a fast pass. So you might go there at 10 o'clock in the morning, say, give me a fast pass. They give you a time slot maybe – you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. Then you can come in and you go in this separate line and walk right up. Hmm. So um, now, of course, they have an app, and you can do all of these things like um, on the app. So instead of having to go to the ride itself or go to one of the kiosks, because so what you basically do is you you walk up to a kiosk, you hold up your card, and you say, "I want to get a fast pass." And then um, the interface is is reasonably good you can add it you can make like groups so you can say i want to come with this group and you scan all your cards or your your passes and it makes a group for you and then you get a list of all the rides and their available time slots and you can then basically book your rides so that's the one option the other one is is you can get an app and you can do all this in the app you register your your ids basically with the app and then the app will let you get fast passes it lets you it basically has a map, so it shows you where to go um and uh, with directions and everything of the park, a specialized map and um, the it also gives you current real time wait times for all the rides in the park so what what I found really just i mean here's the the nerdy part of me, I guess again, is like thinking about how all this stuff is hooked up and that they they basically have apis and and you know that that feed this application and they have all these these rides talking to each other, and they're you know basically getting real time data from all of their events and rides and and all these other things that you can then pull together in the app mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. so really really interesting um, yeah developments there and and just use of technology hmm. to um, yeah <laughs> fill you up with more information <laughs> hmm. but uh yeah i thought that was just uh very very cool because uh that's just right up our alley i guess with apps and apis etc so so does it work
0: really well sure. like um
1: yeah it actually does hmm. um it's it's pretty slick yeah it was quite a so you have
0: your time slots and those really like it's an actual time slot that you will have yep.
1: Okay. You then have basically a, a period that you can come back within and you get on the ride. And, and your weight is probably, depending on how popular the ride is, you either just walk up to it or it might be two or three minutes or five minutes or something like that.
0: Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a big improvement, yeah. I would say.
1: But the thing is, this, that if you don't get the fast pass like at eight or nine in the morning, mm-hmm. your slot's going to be like at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> so,
0: oh, okay, not yeah, it's not busy. Yeah,
1: it's it was so busy. Yeah, it was crazy. Hmm. But this was so fun,
0: very fun. Yeah, cool. I've I've never been there. Yeah, never ever, and I don't yeah, know if it's... I
1: ever well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go on the off season. Um, yeah. This is already, it's too, well, it wasn't too warm, but it was, I was surprised for a Monday and Tuesday that there were that many people there on in February, so hmm. it was kind of surprising, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's,
0: yeah, it's very popular, like, everybody loves it over yeah. there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Orlando is, like, <clears throat> it's amazing, hmm yeah I mean, the park is is crazy. They have their own street signs and highway exits, and it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, incredible organization too, and that ties into with all the i.t. stuff and, and their their um, you know information that's available to them. Um, somebody lost their car at night when I was driving back on the tram, and they just you know asked them what time they uh, approximately arrived, and based on that, they could tell them where in the parking lot most likely their car will be because they keep track of what aisles or rows they park at what times. Hmm. I mean it's that they're that well organized. It's amazing. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's really cool.
0: Yep. That's really cool.
1: So in that respect I, I'm I'm very impressed with, with Disney as far as you know how they do things, how they manage crowds. Um I've always been extremely impressed on on how they do that. Um the only thing that I think they could do better on is the food in the parks is atrocious.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
1: it's it's terrible. Yeah.
0: So, but anyway. I mean, I'm always re- impressed when like a, a a huge company can actually pull something like that off and 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 work really efficiently with uh, with technology, and you know. And working yeah. with the, and, and dealing with the crowds in a way so that it, it works, <clears throat> because that means that they have to have at some point somewhere they must have made the decision somehow that they must have brought in somebody who really knows what they're talking about when it comes to technology, somebody who knows a lot of things about organization and dealing with big crowds, and marrying that is such a hard thing, especially I think if you are. Um, you know, like like a CEO of a big company or higher up management, most likely you don't have knowledge about the details of those huge topics, technology and organization and stuff. And um, to, act- to actually then, then get the right people together at the table to, to create this experience um, that really works, I think is not, is not something that I usually see working happening Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah
0: because often what happens is that they get a consultant and then a consultant tells them huge story about something gets a lot of money and what he says is not really true and then they create like some some experience that is mediocre mostly mostly I would yeah. say, you know. <clears throat>
1: yeah, I'm sure this is a long time in the making. I mean, this Absolutely, I think they've sure. been doing this this incrementally, and yeah, I'd be very curious to see sort of behind the scenes on how how this whole thing came together and how it's even still evolving. You know.
0: But isn't that isn't that like a really like I've, I I I from what I've been kind of um, observing, I th- I feel like this is a really difficult task for a lot of people for a lot of higher up people to actually make the right decisions when it comes to those things to to really you know to to have the sense to bring in the right people to or to figure out how to bring in the right people Um, in order to make things like that happen, even if it was incremental. I'm sure, you know, over the years, they made a lot of decisions that worked and they tried stuff out and all this kind of stuff. And I guess maybe that's what it takes. You have to be willing to try different things and different methods and throw things away and do it again and da-da-da-da-da. Especially if you are, you know, higher management, you don't really know anything about it. So you have to maybe work with different people and stuff like that, because that's something that's, I think, one of the huge problems... I've seen in bigger companies is that people at some point when a company grows and then they have to hire somebody with, for instance, technology, technical knowledge of some sort, like really, really uh, specific technical knowledge and something to um, to solve specific problems. Often, what happens is, like I said, is a consultant, and then something like happens like some infrastructure is built that is really inefficient or doesn't really solve the problem right and stuff and then they just sit on that because it it works to a certain degree, kind of, yeah. they don't know that it could work better, and then it just it and then at some point you can't change it anymore, you know, especially with technology, I find this happens a lot, and not only in big companies, also in like agencies and and stuff like that, it's just it's in the technology space i find I find that it happens all over and over and over, and i just i'm every time when I see something like that working, especially with a big company, I'm always very impressed and I wonder what is like what is the driving force behind that like how did that who made the decisions here, and how did that work together? I think that's super fascinating because it's just yeah
1: uh, I, I think like, you're right i mean that is a is a very very difficult thing to find the right people that have the, the cross-sectional knowledge, right? Because you, yeah. you can't just be a good business person. You have to understand technology. And the technology people also have to understand business. And um, that, that could probably be very, very challenging to get yeah. um, somebody that understands everything.
0: <clears throat> and also the, the incentives. Yeah. Yeah. The incentives have to be set up right because sometimes you have people they're allowed to make decisions on who comes in to solve a technical problem. Um, and all they need to do is just hire somebody and spend the money and get the project done on paper. And it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter if the project is like done really well with a good experience for the people who use that product or whatever. It's just right. internally the, per- the, per- the person can check off that thing and gets a higher salary or something like that, you know, like these incentives. And yeah. when it's more critical, when When the user experience is more critical to the company, then it's more likely to ha you know for it to ha- something b- that that something better will happen or will be implemented or and in that case, then even if you don't have you don't you're not a manager with a cross section of knowledge you will still have to try to find something somebody who can who can uh, solve the problem. And in that case, and I think that happens often, that that's, that's a problem and that doesn't... And in order for that to work, they have to... That's what I'm trying to to kind of... That's what I'm kind of thinking of. Like, how do they figure out who's the right person and who can solve the problem um, right and stuff like that? Because that seems to be a huge problem in this yeah. world, corporate world and stuff like that. Because then you, you really got to... You have to have an open mind as a company. You have to be willing to to fail with the project and and all this kind of stuff. It's really it's a massive invest investment also.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very very good observation because that's kind of what um I mean on a much smaller scale, but I'm experiencing that myself as well. You know, we're we're doing all these integrations of different things of real world things like warehouse, et cetera. And you have to know not just, you know, software development, you need to know about um, warehouse management you need to know about accounting practices because um, you need to know what has to happen in what sequence and uh, that's that's not that easy it's um it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to take in and um not that easy to do well so yeah absolutely
0: yeah so so what has been going on uh, at work for you and well
1: um yeah, lots of lots of projects and um I now have 3
0: um I guess if, 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 I'm gonna... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting changed over here. Ah, uh, <laughs> we have company. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so
1: cute. Um Anyway, what I was saying is that I find it's a strange word, but they call it, I guess, reports. Um, if you have some people that you're responsible for, that you're managing. Mm-hmm. So I have three now. And um, I find it now it's starting to get challenging to try to do my, you know, there's this transition period, I guess, from where you just do development. And then you're also trying to manage the team and keep things on track. And then you don't have enough hours in the day. <laughs> So um, that's what what I'm dealing with right now. is basically trying to still get my development work done while keeping several projects on track and um, doing all the other things that um, are required by by someone that's um, in this position. So,
0: so hold on, uh, you're
1: managing people. Yes, I am. Uh, well, technically a team lead, but uh, yes, that now I guess there's uh, different shades of this. But yeah, it does. Does managing people? Okay, cool.
0: Correct. So, so, yeah. so basically, you're a full time developer and a full time manager at the same time. Yeah, exactly. There, you got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With the same okay. amount of hours in the day.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, yeah. the the team leader in my team, he is basically mm-hmm. he he would lo- he would love to do um, you know more development work but he barely ever gets to do anything. Like he's just going from one meeting to the next meeting. It's like yeah. nine o'clock in the morning is the first meeting and then 10 o'clock and then 11 o'clock. And then sometimes then we have a meeting, we have an internal meeting as a team sometimes. And then, then, you know, it's lunch break and another meeting. It just goes on and on and on. It's crazy. I mean, it's a big company and there's a lot of interested parties that need to be involved in what we're doing. And there's multiple teams that we're kind of interacting with as well. So that kind of multiplies it. But um, <clears throat> in, 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 so in our company, it's impossible to, do, to be a full-time developer whilst being a, a manager, you know yeah. managing people but
1: how many people does does that this particular manager have under him
0: um it's, it's i think we're 7 8 mm-hmm. something like that yeah. but managing us it, i don't think it's really the biggest part of it it's it's really managing the whole project and and, and yeah. managing interests you know and managing expectations from other people and all this kind of stuff so basically what's going on in the meetings is like the, is like the biggest
1: yeah, exactly. Because it it's basically, you know, you're exactly right. Things start to expand, and your 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 realm of responsibility um, gets bigger, and there's other things involved um, than
0: just uh, the people. So, so, is that what you find yourself doing too? So, talk, like having to be in in meetings, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. A lot. Um, which I find fascinating because it's now completely different insights into things in different parts of the business.
0: Right. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is. is fun. It is interesting, right? But yeah, but for sure. is it is it is it? Uh, do you have the um, like? I, I, is it always an hour? Every meeting? <laughs> Hell no.
1: <laughs> no, there's they're all over the place. Um, okay. There's stuff that goes faster, but usually things run over.
0: Um, eh. Okay, because I, I because I like the concept of like when you when you set up a meeting, you don't necessarily set it up for an hour as a default. Just sometimes mm-hmm. it's okay to have 15 minutes meetings or half an hour right. or so, yeah. just to get things going. Because meetings have to be done, but but uh, me- meetings can easily become really toxic as well, and just they can slow everything down. Because then it's a lo- when you have a lot of meetings with a lot of people and everybody needs mm-hmm. to say something, and yeah. w- there's something that 37 Signals said in one of the books. They always like for them meetings is like the worst thing ever or whatever, and yeah. um, but it, but they said it, when you when you set a meeting for a certain time when you when you set an hour for the meeting then the meeting will take an hour, so it's a right. good right so it will automatically f- grow to fill that time slot. So it's really good to just set it for a shorter time, and then if you need more time, you need more time. Basically,
1: exactly. So, to, well, I think it's also important to have a, a clear goal for the meeting and agendas. <laughs> otherwise yeah it can run all over the place and that's yeah i'm discovering and then you have to consider different you know people's personalities and 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 how that all works
0: so it's uh it's very interesting (laughs) (laughs) the the social the social game and stuff
1: yes exactly Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Yeah. cool
0: that's well i guess that's very exciting right
1: it is it is really yeah um I'm I'm having a great time. I have to say,
0: That's um, awesome.
1: just it's just the challenge is totally just time management, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and just trying to keep. Um, I guess when 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 I was just focused on my specific tasks as a developer, it was depending on the on the type of project I was on. It was possible to just have most of my daily or day to day or even weekly stuff like in my head. Depending on what I was doing, and now that is absolutely no longer possible. No. I mean
0: it's like forget it <laughs> yes. everything needs to go into the calendar, right?
1: yes, yes, my calendar is now my best friend and <laughs> <laughs> and Jira is becoming my friend <laughs> oh really, really interesting <laughs> yes
0: yes How's well that's the the tool of, yeah go ahead no go ahead go ahead finish
1: that's a tool of choice in in our company and um mm-hmm. So I'm getting like training on that and trying to figure out how to use that most efficiently. Cool. Yeah.
0: So yeah. do you have already, uh, do you have some interesting ways to use it already or are you using well, just just, the Kanban kind of way? Like, like, Trello? yeah, because
1: our, yeah, our, um, our team or just development in general in our branch of the company is very, very young. And, um, We are not super structured yet. Um, I think I can say that. (laughs) So for us to have like, we're not even, at least my team, we're not yet at a point where we can do sprints because there's just too much going on. And um, so we do Kanban, basically. That fits our current style better, I feel like. And um, so that's what we're doing at this point.
0: I must say, I really prefer that over sprints um yeah. I, we we do the same thing we also we use jira and we also use the kan kanban style of um yeah moving the tasks from left to right and stuff and um sure. it it's i think it works it works for us really well the only thing that's different from what we're doing to traditional kanban i think is that we do have a daily uh, stand up like you would do in a scrum thing mm-hmm. and <clears throat> And, with, and then we have how like how
1: do you do that with kanban? What, what exactly do you do in that? Because that's that's the next sort of step I'm trying so, to get to.
0: So we, we we talk about the board. So I, I think, but I I think that's actually how the, I think that may be actually how the kanban daily actually works. You go mm-hmm. so you meet at the board every day, and then you t- you go through what's going on on the boat board and basically talk about those things. So we have different filters set up. So uh, our team lead. Um, he is pretty good at doing uh, jira filters <laughs> so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so he did some filter magic, and so we have different we have buttons um over the kanban swim lanes mm-hmm. basically and so what's so the first one is what's in blocked, so we have a blocked swim lane and then you- ch- you talk about what 's in blocked because that's the most critical things kind of and then um what has changed to review recently there's a filter for that like you know the last day or the last 3 days depending right. on if it's after a weekend or not and then um <clears throat> uh because that's basically things that are going to go into done soon or uh, things that need to be reviewed and or are being reviewed so we'll talk about that so whoever did the task, or is reviewing the task? Going to talk about the tasks that are on the board in in that view, and then we have the in progress, and everybody's just talking about what they're doing right now. Like, what did they do? What are they doing next? And what's blocking them? Basically, the little bit of a scrum so you do flavor. this
1: as an as an in person group meeting. Uh, yes. Every every morning. Okay. Yeah, we do that. How every long morning. does it take? Usually? Um,
0: ten minutes, fifteen. Oh, minutes. Oh, sweet yeah because nice. because it's so we do it in a kind of scrum style where it's really like details don't belong into that meeting at all so when you have some details to to sort out in a task then you you basically in the you basically in the in the meeting you say oh i have to talk to you after lunch or whatever and then you yeah. write that, and then we write that down, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. as soon as somebody goes into too much detail, somebody saying too much detail, <laughs>
1: okay. moving they get, on. They get reminded. Yeah. They get <laughs> reminded. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and then we move yeah. on. So it's really just like, yeah, I've been working on this. I'm making progress. And mm-hmm. I'll be working on this again, I guess, for the rest of the day or something like that. You know, it's just, and sometimes you give a little bit of info. If there was something interesting happening, or mm-hmm. if you can't, if you, if you're blocked, like if you can't, if you don't find the solution, you need help. That's also something that you would say.
1: Okay.
0: <clears throat> so it's, but it's not, it's short and sweet. It's, it yeah. really is. And you guys
1: are all um, local, right? Like you're all in office. There's no remote people.
0: Uh, no, we actually have people in Bucharest and people in Munich. Ah, okay. So we always have a conference call uh-huh. and we don't use any fancy technology really. It's just, uh, it's just like this conference call, like the phone thingy with a speaker Mm -hmm. and everybody calls in we have a conference call number everybody calls in and then um well the remote people call in if i'm working from home what i do sometimes i also call in Mm -hmm. and then um uh and then we have in the office we have the board on a screen and we basically just Over communicate what's going on in the screen, and then everybody remote also just pulls it up in the browser, the Jira, and they click on the buttons themselves and just follow along.
1: Okay. Yeah. And do you have it at obviously, I guess, at a fixed time every morning?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's always a fixed time. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, so that that works. Yeah, that's pretty good. As long as, long we'll as you see, have, like, GRS, is such a power tool and it can be really, yeah, uh, crazy. you know, crazy. So you have to really limit it's the It's overwhelming features. at first, yes. but at least
1: we, I have somebody that I can consult with. Uh, she's an expert on it and can set everything up the way I need cool. it. But the problem is right now I don't even know what I need. So,
0: yeah.
1: like, well, I, I got everything, the basics, and now I'm just going to start using that and see where the pain points are.
0: Yeah, just go with just like with programming, just start simple. And whenever you exactly. need more, you just add it on. Yeah, exactly. And yep. then azon- when you limit the functionality to what you really need, then it can start to help you. If you're just like, oh my God, I have all these features, and you just turn on everything, <laughs> turn it on, <all, laughs> turn it on. Yeah, then yeah, you're just drowning. No, take features. away
1: all the buttons and just give me the ones I need. That's it. Yeah, like, exactly. that's what
0: I, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. So yeah, that's what I'm I'm dealing with. I guess I'll check in and periodically and see where I'm where I'm getting with this.
0: <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, very interesting. <clears throat> yeah. And so how is the how's the JSON you? API as uh, thing going? Still, everything still running?
1: It's running, and um, yeah, so we are. We need to do some some iterations on it. But uh, one cool thing that I found out, and I, I actually didn't know, maybe I said this already, but one thing that I discovered by sort of revisiting just recently is I thought it had to be the the object or the the resource object inside of a a payload had to be completely flat, but actually it doesn't. Um, The attributes inside of a a resource can have any kind of valid uh, JSON structure. It's just that you can't have nested relationships uh in that particular structure but i was always under the impression that it had to be a very simple um i don't know why but i guess maybe that's because all the examples are that way so Mm -hmm. you know the a resource basically has an id a type and then attributes. so it has three at, at least three main keys and under attributes is basically where all the fields are and their values and um yeah for some reason, I thought that a field can just be like a, a simple value, but it can be any kind of complex JSON object. So um, oh, okay. I'm going to do
0: a little bit of refactoring there to that see. Have, that, that should open up uh, possibilities, I guess. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So
1: yeah, there's a, a few kludgy things that I did, and I can I can revert those. So we'll see see how that goes. But um, no, I mean it's uh, it's fun. It's it's um, It's actually, it's in production and we're going to start building on it and um, sort of have, yeah, you know, one like main um, sort of API gateway, I guess, into uh, the specific system. And I have fiddled around with Kong. I've mentioned that a few times Mm -hmm. and that's actually also really, really cool now that I've started using that a little bit, but basically gives you, you know, various um, authentication options. So we've chosen to go with just token. And if you do that over SSL, the token is just in the header and that way we can <clears throat> um, you know, assign tokens to the various users. And the, the really nice part about this is, is that none of this has to be in our code base. Um, so really our code base deals 100% just with taking the request and getting what's necessary to build a response and, um, then, you know, authentication, rate limiting, user management, all that stuff is, is outside of our app and we don't have to deal with that. Um, one other cool thing that I, I, I did, um, that I got a few years back at a, at a conference in, in, um, in Europe, it was Amsterdam, basically <clears throat> that um for logging purposes and debugging, you know when t- when you have an API or any kind of web app, I guess you know you have all these requests coming in, and then it's kind of hard to tie together log messages um, you know, you don't know what's associated to what. So what happens now is a uh, unique ID is generated in the re- as part of the request and is handed down. Um, to every subsequent logging um, uh, call. So every call for, or every log entry can now be associated to a specific API call, which is really, really helpful. So mm-hmm. you can basically tie together, um, you know, all the things that happened for a specific call. And so uh, cool. that, that's that. That's really new, and uh, or for us at least. And I wasn't able to do that before. Now you can see, you can basically, you know, query for okay, I'm interested in this particular request. What's associated with that? Um, opens up lots of possibilities too for, you know, turning on debugging for specific endpoints and stuff like that. So super helpful. And also, I think for, um, you know, people that are new to the system, if you just turn on logging. Like fairly verbose, and then just say, "Hey, you know, follow this token and see what happened." You can see it basically, you know, teaches them the system, and they see what's going on by yeah. looking at the logs, which is very, very
0: helpful. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, huh? Crazy stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, and one thing I wanted to ask you because you said, you know, like this new role gives you time management problems. Do so <laughs> do you end up do you end up working overtime because of that, or, or uh, how
1: does it work for you? Uh,
0: I guess it's impossible
1: (laughs) that's a short answer yes yeah okay
0: (laughs) yeah
1: it does Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I don't know we'll have to see how I get that under control but right now I feel like I I just have to because Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. so many new things for me and um, yeah it just has to get done
0: it's a transitional phase hopefully
1: Hopefully, yeah. Well, if it's not, then I just won't survive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will die. <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some. I mean, this is something that I I don't know. If I've always had, and this is where I, I think I still I need to find an activity that is something like you know Raquel does the rock rock climbing, which um, helps you turn off. But the thing is this that at least for me, it's always been very hard to stop thinking about what I'm doing at work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's like other people, they step away from whatever, their machine or their equipment or something, and they're done, right? But yeah. our stuff is always
0: in our head, so
1: <laughs> it comes with you everywhere. And you have to make a real effort to just turn it off.
0: So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the, yeah. on the other hand, I think that's also something that gives you a little bit of an edge, because... Not every developer is like that, you know. Yeah, like, it gives you an edge of, over other developers a little bit because you're thinking about it all the time. So you know, <laughs> you you yeah. have you come back to work and you like you ha- you, you you have work done already, basically. And that's true. I mean, it, you solution. know, a lot
1: of exactly, and a lot of times. But I don't know if this is. It's not always a good thing, but not um, always. No,
0: it. But it can um, give you an edge to a certain degree. Of course, it's not necessarily healthy. Yeah. You right. Know. That's what
1: I mean. It's yeah. like I should be, you know, paying attention to my kids, and I'm thinking about some problem. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not good. But you, yeah. you're right. I mean, a, a lot of times I solve, you know, problems outside of the actual office, just because on the drive home or whatever, I'm yeah. thinking about a specific
0: thing. Yeah. 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 Hey, I mean, at least you know you have fun doing your exact stuff.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's that's just super important um, because the like, luxury. You know, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's what uh, what else is happening?
0: Oh, what else is happening? Um, crazy stuff is happening at Uber, apparently, uh, and uh, yeah, with Uber, I don't know if you heard.
1: Um. Well, I, I know they have all sorts of problems, and um, they just hired some some person that looks very familiar, but I don't know the details.
0: Oh, okay. Um, well, what happened is that uh, one Susan J. Fowler wrote a blog post about her very, very strange year at Uber. That's the title of the, or part of the title of the blog post. Mm-hmm. And so it says, the title is Reflecting on One Very, Very Strange Year at Uber. Oh. And um, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, what she experienced there. It is just... Uh, negligence, negligence and sexual harassment and in the most blatant form possible and sexism in the most blatant form possible. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a really great read. It's very well written. And this What post, role is she in? Uh, she is uh, a, very, has a very specific role. Um, site reliability engineer. So she okay. was an engineer with this specific um, – with site reliability was uh, her specific kind of mm-hmm. thing. And she's uh, apparently very good at it. She moved she, – she has since um, changed jobs. She's at um, – what's it called? Square?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that pay, payment, payment? Yeah, the payment provider, provider yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so since she's there now she I guess she felt comfortable to uh, talk about it and she wrote this blog post and that blog post uh, was posted on February 19th and has absolutely exploded like went went totally viral and um and there was a response so first of all everybody who if you didn't read it yet you have to read it I will not, okay. you know, try to sum it up. It's very long and it's very well written, goes into a lot of detail and is absolutely shocking. Well, it's not very long, but it's pretty long. And um, it's really ridiculous. I mean, they had, I mean, her fir- the first chat messages from her boss were basically, it was, pro- you know, he was propositioning... Sex, or he was talking about how he is in an open relationship, and his wife has a much better time, you know, getting guys than he girls, and blah blah, and so like that. Jeez. And then, and then, and then, she made screenshots and sent it to HR, and HR was like, "Yeah, well, you know, that guy, that must be a. I'm sure it's just an honest mistake," and. And it's the first offense, and we're not going to do anything. And that's and that's and you just have to think about this happening over and over and over again. And hi uh, hi hr clearly lying about first offenses, right? And the reasoning of those people not you know getting any consequences is that they are uh, so to speak um, a high performer in the company, which is absolutely ridiculous. And Like like, it's like yeah, just when you read it, it's like you can't. Sounds like American
1: Apparel. It's like
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's crazy. It's really it's out of this world. Like how this can still happen today, I don't understand. I mean, it would in a normal in in just any company in Germany. I think like people would be like you can't. I for me, it's unimaginable for that to happen. Really. I like mm. it's too it's too bla- it's, it's so so blatant I mean with Uber they always have this they have this kind of reputation that they're killers and you know they always have to fight in the markets because like you know the municipalities are against Uber and and they always have to fight those lawsuits and they have to be very aggressive and and this kind of Feels like it plays into the same thing. They're also not treating their drivers really well, and they get paid really badly, and all the stuff. I mean, there's lots of really controversial stuff going on with Uber, and there was a lot of negative press in the last years, and this just yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about this. I I knew about the whole thing about
1: you know poorly paying or treating their drivers that I that I sort of got, but it, this this I didn't know. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And then also, um. So what happened then is that they hired, um, the s- former state's attor- attorney. Um, that's what I saw somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to look into to look into that, <clears throat> and so and uh, Steve Kal- Kal- Kalanick, I don't know, the CEO of Uber. He was um. Giving a press conference and talking about how they're gonna you know work on this and figure this all out and he's very upset about everything and uh, i don't know a- ariana huffington who is also part who who's also on the board of uber she wrote a big blog post about it how about how terrible it is and how she's going to also help you know um clearing this stuff up at uber like cleaning up basically at mm-hmm. uber you know, right. with getting with, their act together. Yeah. Yes, and they're gonna. Yeah. So, and it, also, I think yeah, at the press conference, the um, um, the HR VP of HR or whatever boss of HR, she also basically said that this was this is all terrible and all their fault. So, so they're basically they're they, in damage
1: control. They're mode doing they damage control. Guess, yeah.
0: They're yeah. not. They're not um trying to say that. This didn't happen. It all clearly mm-hmm. happened. They're all admitting it, and they're saying, we're going to look into this aggressively. And yeah, we'll see what comes from this. I mean, I also read in an article, the same article that said that this former state's attorney guy is looking into this Uber thing. He was apparently also hired by Airbnb when they had problems with African-American um uh, people who who were African-American and wanted to rent uh, Airbnbs that were, uh, uh, how do you say, rejected. So they couldn't mm-hmm. rent because they were black, basically. Mm-hmm. And so this also blew up and then he was hired to kind of fix that at Airbnb uh-huh. as well, which they implemented some measures and apparently some some or a lot of people feel like they're not really addressing the problem really well. So it, this whole thing hiring this guy could also be some sort of a smokescreen just to say, we're doing this and then something is implemented right. and then everything's over, you know, basically. Um mm-hmm. right. so you, know, you never know, but it just seems that Uber is a very questionable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen company. in 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 my Twitter feed, I just see people constantly saying that they're counseling their um uber account and they're mm. no longer using them and things like that but i didn't know the details i mean i i've never used the service i don't have an account i don't really have a need for it um but yeah it's very yeah. disheartening to hear this kind of stuff oh yeah it's and it's it is hard terrible. to believe that that i mean obviously it is happening but how is it possible that this kind of stuff goes on like that
0: it's yeah i mean crazy. how can people do that you know i mean yeah like why? Why would you do that? It's terrible.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Ugh. <clears throat> Silicon Valley. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's yeah. just like, and they are like this big darling, right? They are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, investors,
1: darling. Investors, darling.
0: They're the they're valued at what sixty billion or something like that right now and and they are not making any money they're losing money (laughs) and uh they're considered the big unicorn thing Hmm. it's just like this really shows you how uh problematic this kind of startup culture can be and this startup culture with vc money and fantasy valuations and all this kind of stuff it's um because I mean, Great. when are they going to make money? Like, are they going to make money when yeah. when when they have self driving cars? I guess at that point, maybe, you know, because then they don't have <laughs> to pay drivers. Yeah. But but <laughs> uh, but with stuff like that, people saying you know people deleting Uber because they're unhappy with I think the delete Uber campaign was because they took part on. Or they they were part of the uh, technical advisory board for the, for the Trump um, um. people, so that's why people wanted did the delete Uber campaign. So this was also something that hit them pretty hard, and people just. Use something like Lyft or you know comp- competing companies, competitors, yeah, that do yeah. something similar. And it just seems like Uber is not necessarily something they they brought you know this new new um, new way of uh, of using or getting a ride into the market. But it's yeah, it's and they might have the best the the nicest app or something like that, and maybe the nicest cars. But at the end of the day, if you can if you can get into a... If you can u- do the same thing, basically using an an app to call a car that can drive you somewhere and the car is fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have a... You don't have to have a guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. Then people are going to do that. And it's... Exactly. Yeah. So they're not... They, they're losing whatever edge they're having, kind of. And... Yeah. So that's the question. Like, how are they going to... So they wanted to do think they wanted to branch out to do what they are branching out into like you know um because they have the logistics um to do to 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 do uh food delivery and other delivery stuff so but is that really also is that something that can hold them over i, I don't or make them money i, I don't know it seems difficult yeah. it feels seems to especially <coughs> if they're losing a lot of money right now,
1: yeah, I mean, it looks like they have a few things against them i mean they they yeah. need to clean up their house big time I mean that's yeah that's
0: nuts yeah. i mean this uh, apparently this the the aggressiveness of uber in the was really important in the beginning because they really had to fight really hard in order to get into the cities because they really were trying to um get uber out of the out of the cities with lawsuits and stuff like that, and maybe now is the time where you need a different kind of management different kind of strategy and you don't mm-hmm. have to go as hard anymore i don't know right yeah yeah <clears throat> but um yeah i think that's uh, yeah we we those aren't really answers we can <laughs> we can give no <laughs> <The> <laughs> observations and it's, astonishment i think yeah guess. astonishment really yeah. yeah it's it's definitely <laughs> astonishing uh yeah, yeah. And uh so so I saw some interesting tweets on Twitter. I, I really like um following David Heinemeyer Hansen, who mm-hmm. is uh, one of the Mr. Ruby. Yeah, Mr. Ruby and Mr. Uh, Basecamp. And, oh right, right. Uh, and uh so so he also has interesting opinions when it comes to he he wrote a couple of posts, I think also about the Uber thing. And like uh, he's always he's always raging about those venture capital startups and for him like it doesn't make any sense and he always he brings up some some good points and so it's very entertaining to read those and he's well, he been, always
1: has very very controversial or I, you don't know if it does it on purpose or whatever just to but he's always sort of in the in the in the crossfire in the limelight for making interesting comments right i mean yeah well, he's so. he,
0: he's um, also not mincing words, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he has yeah, he has always he, he has very interesting opinions. I think what's interesting about him too is that when it comes to computer science, he's all, always ruffling a lot of feathers because he is very non-conform. Non-con- like he he doesn't come from a traditional um, computer science background. I th- mm-hmm. think. Or only partly or something like that at least when he built his framework he was not trying to you know implement all the patterns you know from Fowler right, exactly. or whatever like yeah he was just trying to make it to make a framework that works nicely and feels good to work with and and uh, was more interested in, in convention over configuration stuff like that just to make it easy for people to build stuff and uh, mm-hmm. And this kind of perspective, and the, and, uh, no, you know, he's not going, he's not doing any, a lot of compromises in that direction. Like, yeah, this kind of perspective brings up a lot of interesting, um, opinions from his side. And he's very, uh, when he, he states those opinions very radically, I would say. So.
1: Exactly. That's
0: that's putting it well. Yeah, he
1: doesn't really seem to care what people think. He just takes is, a stand,
0: and that's that's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. Yeah. And then he goes into a discussion. You know. And yeah. Then, and then of course some people are angry, and then and that never goes well. But uh, but whoever wants to. What, what talk? did he
1: say this time then?
0: No, I mean, uh, this time, those things, they're not very controversial. I just found those interesting two interesting tweets. So um, one was, it was about, because inter- Basecamp is hiring, so I guess that's why he's thinking about this stuff right now. He says, mm. there are, no, uh, there, there are uh, no shortcuts to accessing programming talent. Only reviewing and discussing relevant work product. Takes time, effort. Right, So what he's saying is that he feels the only way how to access uh, programming talent to find out if you're uh, hiring somebody that will work f- well with your company is to actually uh, look at work product that that person did. Mm-hmm. And it takes time and it takes effort. And famously how they do it at Basecamp is that they, um, they hire somebody also, they hire a prospect, whoever they're interested in, they give them a job um, that takes around a week or so, and they pay them in full like a good you know consulting mm-hmm. fee or something like that because, because they, they respect their time, and um, so they pay them, and they have them you know solve some problem, sometimes I think even some problem. That they that they need to need solved in their in their basecamp product and stuff like that, and then they look at they they basically they they work with that person for a week you know and they see how it is to work with them, and then also look at the work product of course and that's kind of what they're using to make a decision, and like he says that takes uh, I guess more time and effort than giving somebody a quiz. It takes a lot. I mean, and that's not
1: just, you know, because you have to get to a point where you've narrowed it down to one or two people, I guess, and then you decide to do that. Yeah. And then you're still not sure if that's going to pan out or not. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be in a certain place, I think, as an organization in order to, to be able to, to do something like that.
0: Um, yeah, I think that they also, they I, never hire a lot of people. They always hire mm-hmm. just a few or one mm-hmm. or two or something, and then also they look at, of course, what they did before. They look at you know open source work. Since they they are a Ruby shop, when it comes to programmers at least, they have um, the possibility to just look into the Ruby on Rails ecosystem and see you know mm-hmm. uh, you know who's who did some interesting patches and stuff like that, and then uh, they would offer somebody like that the uh, the opportunity to 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 do some work for them and then see if if it works, and but yeah, all in all, it's just like it's like all these things that they're doing; it just makes so much sense to me, you know. It and does.
1: It does make sense, but is it? I mean, it's thirty seven signals, right? It, they're in a unique position. I feel like it's like.
0: But they have done this always. Like, yeah, I mean, they make, okay. they make good money and they have a lot of people that come to them and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, what he says is, I think, is very true. Like the only way, so there's no shortcuts to accessing programming talent. That's what he's saying, right? There is no mm-hmm. shortcut. Meaning that if you take the time and the effort to do that, to look at work product um, that somebody can produce for you as a company then and also and, and also work with them for for a week or so you you can you can really see how it is to 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 work with that person to have this person hired basically right it's it's uh, and it that will give you a much much better feeling than anything else that is normally done like some quiz or or you know yeah
1: there's there's absolutely no doubt about that
0: um, yeah so I'm just so, thinking so like when you think about it in
1: my head what it, what it takes to actually do that that's pretty remarkable and the kind of position you have to be in as far as you know in the company environment i guess you know yeah. um, if you're growing quickly and you need people in this is well again you're right it's the only right way to or it's the only way to guarantee that you get decent people Um, or maybe it's a you know you're at a higher degree of likelihood to get someone that fits really well
0: I think the likelihood is just higher yeah yeah. yeah. and then the question is you know is the time and effort is it worth it it might be Mm -hmm. you know it might be a much bigger return on investment than hiring people that you kind of feel like yeah okay they could work because Mm -hmm. you know they could invert a tree or something and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and then you have to high, you have to fire them in three weeks, right. you know. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Or it's just mediocre, or I don't know. Like that's. That, I think it's a good question. Like if you really want to, that's really the. I, it's just the best way, I think, to find. Yeah, to just up the likelihood of finding somebody. Who really yeah, finds I
1: mean, them. I think having to. to to pay someone or not having to but paying someone for this time is is like um it's fair and it makes sense um because I mean I've been on on uh not in well interviews and and basically job application processes that I invested an enormous amount of time and I got nothing out of it and that's not really cool either but Probably because the company has a certain status and everybody wants to work there, <laughs> so yeah. they think they can afford to do it. But I think it's also very respectful, you know, if you do it this way. And
0: it um, goes hand in hand with the whole philosophy where they exactly. feel like they they have to be a profitable company in order to to even think about hiring somebody, right? So and they, re, they so they they make a lot of product. They keep their company small. They make a lot of uh, profit. They keep their company small, and then, of course, they have the money and to 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 engage in this luxury, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then, and for them, that's the only way how to basically g- grow and run a company is that you you know you do it with yeah. profit. And uh, yeah, but there's many different philosophies, of course. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean you're you're working for a much
1: bigger company, but could you see anything like that even remotely happening?
0: No, with, yeah, no, no, because the, everything is just like typical, like in any other big company is, is the same. Yeah, I mean we we do we do we have a little test thingy where somebody where you know for for specific for you know jobs in our vicinity the JavaScript thing where people have to do a little uh, exercise, a little mini app. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. take super long. But you can get a feeling for where they So how are. long do you expect
1: people to work on that then? Or
0: yeah. I mean I think like three, four hours maybe.
1: Okay. And that's yeah. out like on their own or this yeah. is in house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: you ask them to do it. I mean that's okay. just how it's mostly done, I think. But I think it's that to that is still a little better than doing like whiteboard quizzing things. I think that's really right. terrible. And I don't yeah. think that has any value. Yeah. All right. I think yeah, we are yeah. at the end of the show, actually. Yeah. And uh, we have to shut it down. Um, Let's do it. <clears throat> all right. So uh, hopefully Raquel um, is going to be, is going to be back uh, next week. And uh, I didn't have any more bad fa- facts today, so I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll bring them next next time. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, please um, join us in the in the Slack chat. So we have uh, oh we have a new person that you basically uh, know personally, as far as I know. Setter M. Yeah, I have not
1: actually ever met him. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Setter MJ. I think is his handle. MJD. Um, or but the- or something. Yeah, but yeah, as he said in the Slack, he's an Australian living in Germany, and um, he has a podcast, and I've been in touch with him for various subjects. And
0: which podcast? He also writes.
1: That's um, Freeing the Geek FM, and um, basically it's PHP centric, and Mm -hmm. uh, he does sort of a mix of interview and um, various topics. And he's had some really, really good interviews uh, recently. Some very nice episodes too, and um, yeah, he writes, so he can probably give good advice. And I think he kind of already has uh, in the in the Slack channel. So because that's sort of a topic where that's going on in in the Slack channel right now, right? Is is blogging and writing and mm-hmm. things like that. So I'm sure he has. Uh, something to contribute there so yeah Yeah, hey
0: welcome (laughs) yeah so anybody who wants to join please join you find the link in the show notes at the bottom of the show notes how to join um and uh yeah the show notes you find at reactive.audio and um you can also find us on twitter at reactive pod follow us there and you know contact us there and um yeah and i'm khalil tweets on twitter
1: Yep, and Raquel is rockbot, um, or that's at right. rockbot on Twitter. I'm H hglattergots on Twitter, and um, would also appreciate a review if you have time. If you like the show, tell someone about it, or leave us a review how to do that. Um, you can follow a link in the show notes as well. And uh, that's it for this week. Talk to you next week. All right, bye. Bye.